is a podcast from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Bank St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. pray this morning as we come around your word, as we uh, receive your revelation, Jesus. Lord, as I preach your anointed word, thank you, Lord, that your, your word is anointed. God, breathe. Spirit, breathe. Lord, I pray today, Lord, we will hear your voice. Lord, that we will be open to your Holy Spirit speaking into our hearts and our lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, this morning I want to start a new preaching series. Um, the last few weeks we were looking at the Lord's Prayer, but I've got this, this burden in my heart and in my spirit to preach this um, new series, and it's called the Breaking Out series, if you like, Breaking Out. And over the next few weeks, over the next four weeks, myself, Nicole and Gemma will be preaching on this subject, Breaking Out. And we're going to look at four different areas, Breaking Out in Worship, Breaking Out from the Past, breaking out from the ordinary, and breaking ground. I believe that we as a church are on, a threat, on the threshold of a powerful season. Uh, over these last few weeks, we've been praying, haven't we, for, for a fortnight of prayer and fasting. And as a result of that, I believe it would be a springboard into some great and mighty things that we will see in our midst. A move of the Holy Spirit, a greater desire for prayer and worship in our hearts and our lives. And, and to see salvation and lives changed and transformed. But I believe we need to break out in certain areas in our lives. You know, sometimes we, we find ourselves in a place of contentment. And that's not bad in general, but sometimes we find our place a, a place of contentment, which means we can become stagnant, that, we can, that our passion for, for more of God can start to dwindle away. And I, pray, I believe sometimes we need to break out of that. And that's why we're going to be looking at these things over the next few weeks. God wants to break out in these areas. He wants us to break out of these areas and press forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe we need to put ourselves in the hands of God and allow Him to break through our existence and our cause and cause us to see clearly his plans and purposes for our lives. You know, we can become so easily, we can become so insular in our lives. Insular to our own worlds, our own desires and issues that are going on in our lives, that we fail to see the bigger picture. God wants us, I believe, to pull up our sleeves and put in some work. He, want, he wants us to be a people that serve him and are passionate about his name. Living our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. Living our lives for him and for his cause. You know, I read from Ephesians and Paul prays these amazing prayers, doesn't he? 
His prayer for the Ephesians, you know, you know he's um, writing this letter and it's almost that he comes to a place where he has to break off from writing the letter and he, he gets on his knees. He says, for this reason I kneel before the Father and I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his Spirit. He says, I pray that you are being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. To grasp how wide, how deep, how long is the love of God. We need to break out in the power of Jesus, I believe. I want to make the name of Jesus known. I hope you do too. I want to make the name of Jesus known in my life, in my family's life, in my friends' lives, in my work's life, in the life of this island. I want to make the name of Jesus known. I want to see lives changed and transformed by the power, by the awesome name of Jesus. And he has a plan. And his plan involves the local church. In fact, the local church is his plan in making the name of Jesus known. We are that plan. The church is the plan. And I think it's a brilliant plan. That through the church, through believers, through followers of Jesus coming together, worshipping God, praying together, interceding, through coming through, the, listening and reading together the word of God, we can make a difference in the place that the church is. And in our time we are here, St. Samson's, Guernsey, we can make a difference on this island. We can make the name of Jesus known. You know, we are his hands, we are his feet. We know this. And we need to break out from the mentality that someone else is going to do the work. We all have a part to play. We all are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are his body, the body of Christ. Gone should be the attitude of, I'm quite happy to do the least I can because someone else can do it. That's not the right attitude. We are the body of Christ. And we all, every one of us, have an important part to play. No part is more significant. No part is more important than another. We all have a part to play. And if we're not playing our part, then we are crippling the body of Christ, I believe. Just as when our bodies are sick, they do not function properly. When part of it is broken or sick... So too, the church, we all need to play our part. This sermon series is going to be both encouraging and it's also going to be challenging. I don't apologize for that today. Sometimes we need to hear a challenging word of God. Sometimes we need to hear that. But it will also be encouraging as well. I've been greatly encouraged over these last two weeks as we have had this fortnight of prayer and fasting. I've been greatly encouraged by the words that the Lord has been given us, many words the Lord has spoken in our hearts and our lives for us, the church. And I'm excited about that. And I believe it will be a springboard into great and great things, as I said, in, in the church. I've said this before, and I, I'll say it again, and I will say it again. I believe that Delancey Elim Church has great, massive potential. Are you listening to that this morning, church? We have great potential. And I believe we're on the cusp of an exciting season here at Delancey. It's time. This is the time to press in. 
and firmly plant yourself in the life of the church and be challenged by the Holy Spirit. This is the time. And I believe this series is at, is, is at the right time, breaking out. Today I want to speak about breaking out in worship. Worship is a vital part of the church, a vital part of church life. And God wants us all to be set free in our worship. God wants us to be free to dance. God wants us to be free to raise our hands. God wants us to be free to raise our voices, to get on our knees, to be open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and be totally surrendered to him. If you've got your Bible, let's turn to Mark. Find the book of Mark. And we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 14. Verses 3 to 9. Mark 14, verses 3 says, Now Herod, that's Matthew. Try again. Verse 3 of Mark chapter 14. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And Jesus says this, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always have with you. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to pretate. Let's not go there. We're finishing verse 9. I want to use this passage today to illustrate the attitude that we should have towards worshipping God. And I believe as we learn from this lady, from this woman, we can see how we can break out in worship. And so there are a number of, th- number of things that I want to highlight today. And they are this, that she came prepared. That she broke the jar. That she poured out all of the perfume. She was, in, she was undignified. And Jesus was pleased with her offering. For me, this example of the woman who we know is Mary is a perfect illustration to us on how to approach God in worship, how to worship, and God's response, Jesus' response. So let's have a look at the first thing. She came prepared. She came prepared. Jesus was staying at a house called Simon, a man called Simon the leper. It's a great name to be known, isn't it? Simon the leper. But he was there. It's great that Jesus was there. And he was reclining and relaxing with him. 
And this woman entered into their presence with this alabaster jar full of very expensive perfume. She knew what she was going to do. She came prepared to be in the presence of Jesus. You know, she wouldn't have been walking around with that alabaster jar. She would have, met, she would have known that she was going to take that jar of expensive perfume. And she had a plan. She knew she was prepared. She was coming into the presence of God with that jar of perfume. She was prepared. How often do we come into the presence of God? How often do we come into God's house prepared? Or how often do we come unprepared? You know, we have the privilege to be able to come and worship God in complete freedom. We are free to come into the presence of God. And yet, we still come unprepared. This woman teaches us an important lesson in breaking out in worship. She comes prepared to worship Jesus. She comes expectant. You know, that's a real word that the Lord has been speaking to us at the moment. Coming expecting to see God move in our midst. Do we come into our services together, our times of fellowship together, expecting God to move? Are we preparing ourselves to come into his presence? Do we take the freedom that we have to worship for granted? I'm going to read... um, an article in a moment about believers who are desperate to worship Jesus. Believers that are desperate to meet together with other believers and to worship together. Now you may think that this story I'm going to give is an emotive story. One I'm going to use uh, to challenge our attitude to worship. Well, you're right. It is an emotive passage a emotive story. Sometimes we, we, we need to be reminded of the privileges that we do have. So this is an article from the Daily Telegraph. China rounds up worshippers from underground church. Nearly 50 members of an underground Beijing church have been detained and its leaders have been put under house arrest as part of a crackdown on the unregistered congregation. Hopefully you will see a picture up there of Christians attending a Sunday service in Beijing. Jin Taiming, pastor of the Shuwang Church, was detained by Beijing police on Saturday night and released Sunday morning. Bob Fu, president of the China Aid Association, a, Christians, a Christian rights group, said in an email, Mr. Fu said 47 Xu Wang members who tried to worship in an open-air public space on Sunday were detained, and all the church's pastors and leaders were put under house arrest or in detention. In an earlier statement, Mr. Fu said some church members had lost their homes or jobs amid an official camp- a campaign to shut down the church. Can you imagine that? Coming into the presence of God, that they are so desperate to meet together that they're willing to lose their homes, they're willing to lose their jobs, they're willing 
to be arrested. While China's constitution guarantees freedom of religion, Christians are required to worship in churches run by state-controlled organizations. The Three Self Patriotic Movement for Protestants and the Chinese Patriotic Catholic Association for Catholics. However, more than 60 million Christians are believed to worship in unregistered house churches. 60 million, compared to about 20 million in the state churches, according to scholars and church activists. The growth of house churches has accelerated in recent years, producing larger congregations that are far more conspicuous than the small groups of friends and neighbours that used to worship in private homes that gave the movement its name. Their expansion and growing influence have unsettled China's rulers, always suspicious of any independent social group that could challenge communist authority. Xu Wan members have for years been at odds with Beijing officials over their right to worship. Tensions escalated early this month when the church was evicted from its usual rented place of worship, a Beijing restaurant. Church leaders decided to temporarily hold service in a public space, prompting police to tape off the area and detain anyone who showed up to take part, with nearly 200 people kept at a local school for several hours. A second attempt at open-air services in northwest, northwest Beijing's Hayden uh, district resulted in Sunday's 47 detentions. Numerous uniformed and plainclothes police were parked near the office and shopping complex where Xu Wang members were supposed to gather. An associated press journalist was followed and warned by plainclothes police not to conduct any interviews in the area. Xu Wang tried in 2006 to register with the government, but its application was rejected. The church said in a statement distributed by Mr. Few, Xu Wang is not willing to make any compromise on the stand of our faith. Despite that, we are willing to register with the government. The statement said, we cannot join an official state institution. An article there, story there, true story. One of hundreds of churches, probably one of thousands of churches in China that are desperate to meet together. The woman came prepared. She came prepared. We must too. Second thing I want to look at this morning is that she broke the jar. The powerful image of this woman breaking the jar of perfume is key to my sermon today on breaking out in worship. I've already said that she came prepared. And now she is in the presence of the Lord. She breaks that jar full of precious, expensive perfume. She breaks it. She breaks that jar. There was no going back. There was no second thoughts. She was going for it 100%. If we want to break out in worship, we need to be willing to break those things that are precious to us. We need to be willing to surrender those things that are holding us back. We need to go for it 100%. What are the things in your lives that cause you to hold back from your worship? What are the things in your lives that maybe... You think, well, I won't go to church this morning because I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Jesus wants all our worship. Not just the bits that we got left over. Not just 
the times that we can be bothered to do it. Jesus wants all of, of our lives. And this woman, she breaks that jar. She breaks that which is precious to her and pours out that perfume. It's significant to note that from the, bro- the brokenness of this woman's offering, she received praise and significance from the Lord. It is out of brokenness that we receive healing. It is out of brokenness that we, we get a closeness to God. The question is, are we willing to break the jar? Are we willing to come to Jesus and be broken before him? Are we willing to come to Jesus and to give him our all? Which leads me to my next observation, that she poured out all of the perfume. All the perfume. When she broke that jar, she was totally committed. She poured it out, and it was sweet incense to Jesus. Her worship was pleasing. Throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, we read of the sweet and pleasant aroma that our worship is to Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Lord was pleased with the sweet aroma of the Israelites' sacrifices. In the New Testament, Jesus is pleased when we give our lives to him as a sacrifice. When we we come to Jesus, you know, we realize that worship is not just what we do here on a Sunday morning. Our lives are a worship to Jesus. And when we give our whole lives, when we break that jar, when we give everything, when we pour it all out, God is pleased with our worship, with that incense, with that aroma. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. In the Old Testament, the sacrifice was the lamb. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we give our lives as a sacrifice. And God is pleased when we do that. When we give our bodies, when we give our lives as a sacrifice, when we break that jar, God is pleased with our worship when we give all of ourselves. The woman didn't come into the presence of Jesus with her alabaster jar and unscrew that jar, or probably didn't have screw tops then, did they? But um, took out the bun from that jar. She didn't pour out a little of the perfume. She didn't measure the amount that she was going to pour on Jesus' feet. She broke the jar and she poured it all out. She poured it all out. Remember, we are told that this perfume was very expensive. It says it was more than a year's wages. You think about your year's wages. That was, the, that was how much that she wanted to pour out to Jesus. Think about how much we earn in a year. Would we give it all away to Jesus? Would we pour it all out? And that's not the emphasis of my sermon today, but it's the image of this woman 
with this precious oil, this precious perfume, that she is willing to break that jar and to pour it all out. The lady teaches us, this lady, this woman, teaches us that we are to pour it all out. I love a song by a guy called Klaus, greatly anointed worship leader. And it's called You Are Amazed. And that, without me knowing, actually, Rich has put it on today's list of songs to sing, and hopefully we'll sing it afterwards. Listen to the words of this song. You are enthroned above the heavens. The earth and all creation bow before you. You are crowned with strength and glory. The angels cry in holy all surround you. Forever you will stand. Your kingdom has no end. Oh, holy God, I stay amazed. You are so much more than words could ever say. Oh, holy God, I pour out my praise on the one who never ceases to amaze me. You are loving beyond measure. Your presence is the treasure I am seeking. You are all-consuming fire. I am your desire. You are mine. I'm pouring out my praise on you. I'm pouring out my love on you. I'm pouring out my praise on you. I'm pouring out. Are you willing to break the alabaster jar? Are you willing to pour it all out? Or is your worship measured? She poured it all out. The other thing I notice in this passage is that she was undignified. The reason I say that she was undignified was this, because she didn't care about her appearance, her standing, what others were thinking, and we know they were thinking a whole lot about her. Undignified means appearing foolish and unseemly. Unseemly means improper, unbecoming, unfitting, unbefitting, unworthy, undignified, indiscreet, indelicate, indecorous, ungentlemanly, unladylike. First of all, to enter into this man's house, as she did, was indiscreet. The place of a woman in society was viewed very differently than today. It was definitely unladylike to enter into the presence of a man without being invited. She was undignified. Her worship was extravagant. You know, as well as Mary's example of, of undignified, extravagant worship, we have the great example of David, don't we? You know, when David's kingdom was established in Jerusalem, he brought in the Ark of the Covenant, representing God's presence and glory. Put it back to the city. And we find him in, in Scripture leading the whole house of Israel in celebration. It says, with all their might before the Lord, with songs, with harps, tambourines and cymbals. He himself led the assembly as he danced before the Lord with all his might. Undignified dance. And the shouts of people and the, the sound of trumpets. You can find it in 2 Samuel 6 and 1 Chronicles 15. It talks about the extravagance of the worship. David goes on with the extravagance of his worship by blessing all the people and giving them 
Uh, he says, given each Israelite, a man, Israelite man and woman, a loaf of bread and cakes of dates and raisins. That's millions, several millions of cakes. That sounds like some party to me. Someone, someone said this about David and Mary. This extravagant worship we witness in David and Mary is born out of a heart of love and passion. In the fire of this love, the worshipper does, does not first stop to consider the cost of reaction of others. The approval of man is not what motivates such a worshipper, nor does their possible disapproval hinder. One's own dignity or reputation is of no concern when the worshipper is driven by the fire of passion and love. When David returned home after the worship celebrations to the criticism and sneerings of his own wife, he responded that his worship was before the Lord. I will celebrate before the Lord. And when the disciples expressed their indignation at the extravagance of Mary's worship, Jesus responded, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. In other words, the only thing that matters in worship is God's approval. To please him. To do a beautiful thing for him. The woman was not concerned with the reactions and thoughts of the people around her. She had one priority, and that was to worship Jesus with all her heart and with all her soul. She broke the jar and poured out her worship. That was a pleasing aroma to Jesus. And so we come to my final observation that Jesus was pleased with her offering. There is no doubt that Jesus was pleased with Mary's offering of worship. His own words indicate this. He says, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. She did what she could, Jesus said. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Strong words of approval. Jesus is giving praise here. We need to take note of the reason why Jesus says these words. It's because of Mary's willingness to come prepared into the, house of the, into the presence of Jesus. To be willing to break that jar, to be willing to pour it all out. Jesus says that is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing to me. You know, the overall example of this woman helps us come to a place of breaking out in worship. When our worship is calculated and measured, we are not giving our all in worship. God wants all of us, not just a part. He wants us to come before him and to be set free to worship him. We have to come to him prepared to give him our everything. We have to be willing to break the jar and pour out our all. To be people that worship in spirit and in truth. You know, worship can be demonstrated in a number of ways. It can be, it can be demonstrated in dance. It can be demonstrated in song. It can be demonstrated in the raising of our hands. You know, there's many scriptures in the Bible 
about the raising of hands. You know, we raise our hands in surrender, don't we? And that's why we raise our hands in surrender to God and saying, God, I give you all my life. I give you everything. I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. Here's some of the scriptures. Um, Lamentations 3.41. We lift up our hearts with our hands towards God in heaven. Psalm 134 verse 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalm 63 verse 4. So I will bless thee as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8 says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands. That's just four of many verses in scriptures about lifting our hands in worship to God. It's a valid and scriptural way of worshiping the Lord. It's a way that we respond to God. We can also worship God by kneeling down or or bowing down in his presence, which which signifies a, a subservient way in our worship that we are acknowledging that Jesus is Lord of our lives. That he is the King of kings. That he is the, the Lord of lords. And we bow in his presence. It can be by singing in the Spirit. You know, there's scriptures in the, the, scriptures in the Bible about singing in the Spirit. I want us as a church to be breaking out in this singing in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 says, I shall sing with the Spirit and I shall sing with the mind also. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with, our heart, with your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You know, if you're into looking uh, on YouTube, look up. Uh, um, there's, a, there's a few, actually. Um, there's one from 1985, actually, John Wimber. And it's about singing in the Spirit. And it's a great example of a, of a worship meeting where they're singing in the Spirit. You know, there are many ways to worship God. But in every way, God wants us to break out. God doesn't want us to bring a measure of our worship. God wants us to come into his presence and give him our all. Do you want to break out in worship? Well, you need to come prepared to worship. You need to be willing to break that jar. You need to be willing to pour out all of your worship. You need to be willing to be undignified. then you will see a breakout in your worship. From that breakout, I believe we will see a mighty release. You will see a mighty release in your spirit. And I pray a sense of being set free. I pray that you will know a sense of being set free in your worship, in our worship here. Not only in our gatherings together, but in our lives, in our everyday lives. That we will live as Colossians, as Galatians says, in step with the Holy Spirit. Spoke on that recently. Get connected into the life of the church. Allow yourself to be used by God to see the plans and the purposes that God has for us.
And he will unveil those plans and purposes in time. I believe it's time to break out in our worship. Let's pray this morning and ask the musicians to come. this podcast from Delancey Indian Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk.